0: Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings, and Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. It's ESPN Asheville,
1: 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. We are in the Ingles studio. This is the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside. And the first hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. We got another firing in the NFL as we were doing the uh, uncensored third hour. Don't forget to hang around for the uncensored third hour after we are done here on ESPN Asheville. We stay on our YouTube YouTube stream which is up during the radio show as well check it out at uh, the sportsocracy.com click on that live video link but yesterday during the uncensored third hour the happy hour as we like to call it the news broke the new york giants have fired joe judge it's a move that they absolutely i feel like they absolutely had to make there was a lot of and I, I think some people were a little surprised that it didn't happen on Monday. And then finally, I guess the Mara family just uh, got no, all of the hate that it, they it wanted. Had
2: nothing to do with the Mara family. Nothing. It had to do with the fact they started talking to GM candidates and they went, if you're going to make me take Joe Judge, I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. You're laughing. I'm not kidding. Right. The first four candidates they interviewed or that they talked to and tried to set up interviews with basically all allegedly said, we're not doing this with Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. If You're going to keep him I'm out.
1: They knew how difficult that it would be to get a new guy in there. It was the right decision uh, all in all. Um, Joe judge falling off of uh, falling off of the Bill Belichick coaching tree well oh, and, and and second hour we'll talk about why why is it that some coaching trees are better than other coaching trees? Well, most of them have really bad fruit. Jeremy will have all of your picks of the night as well. Green on green coming up at the end of this hour. Uh, we also have our first one
2: of these. I'm
3: your
4: Nice.
2: That leads into something we're going to talk about throughout the show. All right, I'm going to give you a little setup for this. Mm-hmm. My favorite show in the history of television is Dexter. Okay. It's my favorite show. Not particularly all that close. There's some others that are up there, but Dexter's my favorite show. They remade that. Made 10 new episodes. Mm-hmm. And last night, I watched the finale, and in the immediate 15 minutes after that, I was so blindingly angry oh. that I didn't want to talk to anyone. So, armchair commentary, our Sunday partner on the fantasy show. Which remake was worse, worse? Dexter new Blood or Cam Newton's second stint with the <laughs> Panthers? <laughs> Not gonna lie, and here's the difference. They both started, okay? Mm-hmm. It's the way it ended that I'm not real fond of. There will be no spoilers, but the question we're going to ask, and this will be a, a trend throughout the show, do any of these shows actually end well? Like, is there any show you ever walk away from and everybody just goes, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: satisfied with how that went? There's only a handful of them. I could only think of a handful of them in my TV watching experience that have ever ended, and I went, yeah, that was, that was, that was a nice little way to end that show. MASH is one of them. MASH is one of the few shows. I mean, that was the most watched television program in the history of television for a long time.
2: And here's the thing. I, I'm I'm too old for that. And, and or I'm not you're too old young. enough for that.
1: You're too young for that. I get it.
2: I didn't see it. I don't know. I ain't sure. It could have been great. I wouldn't know.
1: Right. I only saw it on reruns, because I don't even remember when that when that actually took place. But the last episode of that was it was it was fine. Friends friends was a fine send-off friends was good it was just it was what it was see, see to me sitcoms really don't
2: count into
4: this mm-hmm.
2: because there have been very few sitcoms where you go well that was just stupid seinfeld was not great but i think it ended how it had to right how i met your mother was pretty what good it's good i i still maintain that you did a show for 10 years about how i met your mother and the mother was in it for like uh, 11 minutes
1: uh-huh not sure
2: that I love that.
1: That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Because the story was how I met her, not hey, how our early relationship here's, was or here's like how they cool could have done was. a spin-off. They could have done a spin-off of, you know, after I met your mother. I'm still dumbfounded that they haven't done that.
2: I mean it's not like the two characters that played Tad and the Mother are exactly... I mean, it's not like they're
1: Yeah. The, yeah, that they're A list uh Yeah, it's not like yeah, they're burning yeah. the
2: midnight oil doing all kinds of
1: movies <laughs> and things. But would you want it? No, because every remake or you know reboot or what they are, they're they're all falling short of the original. Well,
2: here's the thing: Dexter New Blood taught me. I don't care. I don't care because I got over it. Now, from the time it ended, it ended for me last night about nine thirty. Right, nine thirty to ten. I was uh, you wouldn't want to talk to me. Yeah, ten to eleven. All right, so what is it that I really would have wanted? And now, uh, almost a day later, yeah, I'm
1: good. Matthew Hoffman says the Ranch finale was good. Oh, no. so good! That whole last season was the, awful. Oh, you stop! You just the, the Ranch was great compared compared to the previous seasons. Well, here's the thing: they didn't really have a choice in I, that. I understand so, that, but still, but still, I, I mean, Danny Masterson you, screwed it up for all of us. I but, don't ding
2: you for things that are out of your control.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I I don't know. Here's my other thing. Like my list is so short of finales one because there haven't been that many of TV show finales that I've seen. Like I mean, you posted the meme of the artistic horse on the back end and then the front is like a kindergartner drew it yeah. of this is how th- that the first time I ever saw that that originally came from Game of Thrones. It was the Game of Thrones seasons one through seven where this artistic, just beautiful masterpiece, and then season eight was like it was thrown together and just we're gonna end this in the worst way possible. Never seen it, it has dragons amount. No and and that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's better than Dexter. You're wrong. Yeah, it's not even <laughs> close. Matter of <laughs> fact, that's not even worth talking about uh that's yeah, like yeah. basically what you just said someone who has like, seen them both tell me if i'm wrong
2: that's like saying oh the new york giants are actually better than new england patriots because you know it, 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 from 1970 i don't care one
1: of them's a train wreck one of them's not not even close not even close i mean i'm throwing shade at the show i've never seen mm-hmm. you're throwing shade at the show you've never seen yeah, it's mine has serial killers yours
2: has dragons <laughs> advantage me
1: uh-uh uh, my, I will guarantee you that uh, there was a character in that movie that was hotter than anything that's ever been on Dexter. A,
2: you're wrong. B, it wasn't a movie. It was a television show. You, you C, I, mean. I win.
1: No, English language, no, it's fun. Not even.
2: I am really good at debate.
1: Mm, I don't think been. so. I don't think so, because I feel like you lost that one. I uh, <laughs> So what is your favorite uh, season finale, or is there? has there ever been a there's good only season one. finale? For me, there's only one. It's Breaking Bad.
2: Breaking, breaking bad, bad ended good. perfectly and then they did a movie and that ended perfectly yep that's great most of
1: them are dog water i tap out on series too too, too soon that's yes, and i don't i have to watch it to the end can't can't if you lose me in the story i'm done with you forever kind of like how my relationships work just weird
2: coming from a guy that's been married for 17 Which years is yeah, that made sense if we were scoring the first seven minutes of this show, you are trailing aggressively. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's well, kind of like my relationships. Uh-huh. Uh, it's coming from a man that's been married for almost as long as I I didn't, I've been alive. I didn't
1: mean with my wife. That, that, that relationship is solid. I have no problems with that relationship. I'm talking about like with people in your life. I'm one of these people that's like, you. we lose touch, you can disappear, and chances are I'm never going to call you. Uh, hey, man, we haven't seen each other in 10 years. How have you been?
2: I love when people say that to me. I've seen you forever because my immediate response is, there's a reason for that. Okay. <laughs> right. That wasn't by accident. Right
1: anyhow so that question is out there good season finales uh comment in the uh in the in the youtube stream here or uh the topic is also up on our facebook page feel free to weigh in at your leisure um but joe judge has been fired by the new york giants and i i still maintain it was the best it was the best possible scenario for new york giants and and i don't
2: because I think you're really going to struggle. And I know what Dan Orlovsky said this morning of, oh, it's still a good job. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. the worst job in the NFL. It's not even close. I would agree. It is the there is They are the only team in the NFL that I think has absolutely no hope. Yeah. Because not only do you have a gross talent deficiency, mm-hmm. not only have you drafted just unbelievably poorly, And you don't have young guys. You don't have anything to cling on to. How many teams in the NFL have less cap space than the New York Giants?
1: I'm going to guess five.
2: Uh, It's too many. It's four. And those teams are the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, and the New Orleans Saints.
1: Oh, New Orleans. They're 64 million over the (laughs) cap. The New York
2: Giants are over the cap for next year. Yeah. With that cesspool of talent they have. Mm -hmm. And you're in New York. I mean, yeah, it's a prodigious hallmark franchise mm-hmm. other than that you have nothing going for you
1: this is got bad to be, at quarterback but this has got to be the guy who the guy that takes this job has to go into it of i'm going to be the guy to save new york football i'm and gonna get like six of those i'm gonna be the guy to bring it back
2: in the last five years the worst two teams in the nfl are who
1: the new york jets and the new york giants new york new york well,
2: start spreading the news they're both 22 and 59 mm-hmm we're gonna have a trivia a, a, a trivia question at the end of this segment. First of all, <clears throat> makes me feel real bad about myself, but it will blow your mind of the the, the amount of parity in the NFL and how it does not seem to be affecting the New York teams mm-hmm. even a little bit. Yeah. Tell you another part of that stat that kind of blew me away. Last five years, you got the two New York teams. You would assume Jacksonville, Detroit, and Cincinnati. Yeah. Who's six? 678 just dumbfounded me. I don't know. The Denver Broncos, the Washington football team and the Cleveland Browns.
1: Wow. Okay. That
2: just dumbfounded me. Of the me. last
1: 5 years. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes I mean that makes sense cuz Cleveland was only good for last year. And
2: I got to give the, uh, the the props to StatMuse. Thank you for making every stat Really easy to find.
1: <laughs> Just right there at your fingertips. Oh, yeah. You can anything. It's amazing how the Google box works.
2: Hey, uh, how many breakfast burritos does Pat Mahomes eat in a week? Six. Good to know. <laughs> Thanks, that muse.
1: <laughs> Is that the secret to his success? The breakfast burrito. I feel like yesterday when the news came down, everyone could celebrate. Every Because... I am a firm believer of the NFL is better when the big primo franchises are good, and the NFL is the one sport where that just doesn't matter. Flat oh, out, I it understand. Doesn't, it doesn't and
4: matter.
1: I'm saying, I. F- what do you mean it doesn't matter? People doesn't are matter. still watching. Is that is that is that the, best the roundabout of, here? All right, let me ask you the opposite side of what I, of the stat I just gave you.
2: Okay, two best teams over the last five years. Who are they? If you get this right, you're a witch.
1: Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Nope
2: green bay is number five kansas city chiefs number one and the other one's the baltimore. one Baltimore? nope baltimore six okay it's the new orleans saints oh yeah oh and by the way uh, at the bottom of the hour i'll give you a stat of just how little that matters Four of the smallest markets in the NFL have been five of the uh, four of the five best teams in the NFL over the last five years, mm-hmm. and the NFL's never been more popular. Mm-hmm. That's, see, that's one of those things that I hear people say as a New York sports fan, all right? But the vast majority of my life, I have pulled for nothing but New York teams.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We have clung on to that for way too long of, oh, it's New York and everybody wants to be here. No, they don't. No, flat out, they don't. No. Because it's the most expensive place in the world. The media is insane, and I'm not going to get – I love it. I'm friends with a lot of those guys. Mm -hmm. There's really no allure to this job. None. And I think when you see who they hire, because there's only one name that makes even a lick of sense to me, and I said it when this story came out. If you don't hire Brian Flores, you did it wrong. Brian Flores grew up in Brooklyn. He is a New York guy. Oh, but how are we going to sell that to the fan base? He got fired by the Dolphins, and, and the Jets hired Adam Gase. First of all, if you don't see the difference between those two, you should probably keep your mouth shut when it comes to football things. Right, right. Because there's a big old difference between Adam Gase and Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. Who's, got, who's lining up for this job? You think Nathaniel Hackett, who has already got three interviews lined up, is going, man, I hope I get the Giants job? No. No. Not a chance. You have no quarterback in a draft with no quarterbacks. There is <clears throat> There is one. There's one quarterback. And I do find it funny that the entire industry seems to be coming to my way of thinking
1: sam uh sam how pro football
2: focus just put out their their first mock draft mm-hmm. after the season mm-hmm. carolina panthers take quarterback at six sam Guess Howell. who it is sam how first quarterback off the board sam how huh and that's the way i think it's gonna go and i firmly believe that i've said that the entire time so you
1: so it's gonna be edge rushers tackles and
2: safeties at the top well i'm waiting for the rest of the industry to catch up to me on evan neal's gonna go one yeah I, I understand he's not as good as Kayvon Thibodeau. I understand he's not as good as Aiden Hutchison. He's also one of two tackles that I think you could plan on starting in the next full year and being mm-hmm. fine. He's unbelievable. But but that's not the, the the point of the matter is that people say, Oh, they have two picks and it's New York. These are all things that don't matter. You're gonna have a first time GM because I got news for you. There's no GM that has a lot of options that's gonna go, Yeah, yeah, let me do this. Yeah. Because this is like mission impossible. You're bad at every position group. Name me what they do well. What group on that team do you go, yeah, they figured that out. Well, they got James Bradbury. The rest of the corners are just absolute train wrecks. Right. Linebackers get- are slow. You can't get after the quarterback. Your offensive line's bad. Your your wide receiver group is not only expensive, they live hurt. Oh, and your, your franchise player is a running back who cannot stay healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the defense has, as you said, James Bradbury. You got Azizo Delury, woo, a second round pick. Leonard Williams, those are the best. Leonard
2: Williams, who's one of the highest paid interior linemen in the NFL. I know, and he's not one of the best ones.
1: But but what I'm saying is that that that's their stars,
2: and, and that's the point. Right, that's the point is that you look at this and just go, what is it that you're supposed that's supposed to be the allure? Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing, oh, the Mara family. I, I'm just going to be really honest with you. There's not many ownership groups in the NFL that you go, man, I don't want to work for that guy. Daniel Snyder, I could argue Shad Khan, but after the Urban Meyer thing, I think he's just going to go into the recesses of Jaguar Stadium and let you do what you want to. Okay, There's not a lot of bad owners. Even Jerry Jones, he's a crazy person. He talks too much, but he still spends the money. He still puts you in a position to succeed. If I'm the Giants, my first call is Brian Flores. Please take this job. Yeah. Now, am I going to want some saying who your offensive guy is? Yeah, because offense has been a problem for you. And you rub people the wrong way. But all the New England guys do. Mm -hmm. Think about every coach that's come off that Belichick tree. They all rub people the wrong way. Yeah, Because they come up learning from Bill. They're not allowed to interview ever. You're never allowed to talk to them. So they get their first time in front of a microphone. And it's always like, oh, you want to talk to me? You mean I don't have to ask Daddy Bill if I can talk to you first? And they do nothing but just... Blow news conferences up and say just ridiculous things. Joe Judge said some of the just most asinine things to come to ever come out of an NFL head coach's mouth, mm-hmm. and nobody cared because the team was bad. He doesn't get killed for that. Ben McAdoo got killed for that. That and the fact that he wore a suit that I think he bought at Kmart five minutes before that press conference started. Oh, <laughs> it was too long.
1: Poor guy. He's a tailor. <laughs> He's just not bougie like other uh, other head coaching candidates. uh Joe Judge, the fallout continues here in the NFL as he got fired last night. There are now seven open jobs, and yes, Jeremy, you're absolutely right. Like I had my ranking of the six open jobs, and it was very easy to amend that list and just go, "Oh look, we'll just add a seven down yeah, here because here goes New York is, Giants."
2: That's the Giants.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So we'll get you updated uh, coming up after the break here on uh, just exactly, you know, who's getting looks in this uh, coaching cycle already. The two guys who have the most interviews, the names might actually surprise you. We'll talk about it up next right here on ESPN Asheville.
5: I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis.
0: The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, Kyle? Right you are. And welcome back into ESPN Asheville.
1: And Joe Judge fired as the head coach of the New York Giants. And now it's another opening that is added to the to the list here. We got seven jobs opening in the NFL now. Um I believe we have a we have a super chat.
3: I'm your Huckleberry.
1: Devin Joba. He says, uh what do the Carolina Panthers have to have to do to become relevant? again next year well the rumors out that their, their their
2: preferred destination is pep hamilton to be their offensive coordinator pep hamilton's a guy that's been around the nfl if you remember he's on the indianapolis Colts staff he's been at michigan he was in the the xfl, XFL. Yep. he's really good with quarterbacks my problem with pep hamilton's that he doesn't have a, a great history of prodigious offense the thing that happens when you have a coach like matt rule because i look at matt rule and joe judge very similarly Which is funny because one was hired over the other. Right. One of them's still employed and one of them's not, and I'm not really sure that I understand why. Whoever Carolina hires to take over this offense, I really want it to be somebody that has a good NFL pedigree. Pep Hamilton falls into that Mm -hmm. to a a, a degree. Personnel-wise, you're not going to have a lot of change. You've got one pick in the first four rounds. You've got – you pick at six – you need a tackle. I've said the whole time that should be Charles Cross from from Mississippi State. I don't see how it's going to be anybody else. And you don't have a ton of cap space. Yeah. No. In terms of being relevant, stay the course. Let the defense – if the defense improves as much from next year as it did from last year to this, you'll be in good shape defensively. Not great. You're not going to be a top five defense in the NFL, but you'll be top back in the top ten beginning of the, of the teens. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to find a way to make Sam Darnold work. If you think Pep Hamilton can do that, that's the path. I don't know that I agree with that. I would much rather you go the path of hiring a former head coach because that's what I think Matt Rule needs. Mm -hmm. One of the problems I've had with Carolina the entire time is that you've got a predominantly college staff, and you had Joe Brady, who you didn't take any of the – Luster off that rose. I can tell you that much because there's teams all around the NFL that want to bring him in.
1: Right? Ain't nobody got him an interview yet.
2: Not to be a head coach, right? He he's not. Oh, you mean to he, be? He, a you don't have to disclose the rest yeah, of those yeah. things if they're unemployed. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a head coach in this league. I think he's going to be an offensive coordinator in this league. And okay. I think he'll be good at it. Okay. The problem is that you didn't have the. In my opinion, the the biggest problem the Carolina Panthers had they didn't have the big boy in the room. And I know you're not going to like this name. They didn't have somebody like Pat Shermer, who's been an, a head coach in the NFL uh-huh. and knows how this works. I've always thought felt like Matt Rule was a little in over his skis when it came into game management-y things because he has no one to turn to. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that's made those calls before that's on that staff. He had a college offensive coordinator, a slew of college assistants on his staff, and it's him. How do you protect that? Add somebody to the staff that has been there before. Yeah. The Wade Phillips rule. Sean McVay was the youngest coach in NFL history. Who was the first hire the Rams made? Wade Phillips. Was he a good head coach? No. He was a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. And he was a sounding board for Sean McVay. And I feel like Matt Rule needs one of those more than any player you're going to bring in. It's
1: Pat Shermer.
2: I, and I, that's just could a name be, off uh, the top of my head because it's somebody who just be got a, fired. <laughs> He's not doing anything. So right, I, right? I don't think you're going to struggle to line up to bring him in. And if you think that's Pep Hamilton, then,
4: you know, right?
2: okay. I mean, his claim to fame is he was really good with Andrew Luck.
1: Is this just a hiring, though, that you get, okay, so we need an offensive coordinator, we'll bring in Pep Hamilton, and then we just clear the decks a year later. Like, we're not ready to throw Matt Rule out, so we'll just bide our time by bringing in a journeyman guy who i I mean has pep hamilton ever been any great level of success as an offensive coordinator has great level of success right like has there been a team where all pep hamilton was the offensive coordinator and they were in the super bowl or
2: i mean he was a member of first of all he's from charlotte Mm -hmm. just throw that in there just as a total aside Has he been the offensive coordinator on a great team he was the coordinator with the colts they weren't bad but he hadn't been a coordinator since. Mm-hmm. That was in the early Andrew Luck years when he had no offensive line. Right. And he's still a young guy. He's well respected. Well, at least he's... I, don't ha- I would I would greatly prefer that to somebody like Clint Kubiak, who I've heard they're interested right. in. Right. Got let go off Minnesota staff when Zimmer got fired. Mm-hmm. One year as a coordinator. It's another young guy. At some point, you have to bring somebody in that understands how the NFL works. Right. And, and look, I'm not trying to say that Matt Rules. A, a, i don't think he's a bad coach i just think you need that sounding board and he's never had it and mm-hmm. it shows a lot
1: no i'm gonna go back to what i said about the carolina panthers last offseason remember how crazy we were about the panthers like all oh, this could be this could be a team they could have the you know with sam darnold coming in if it if everything goes swimmingly they could be a threat for a playoff spot they quickly you know disabused us of that well i mean five weeks assumption. into the season
2: we were positive they're gonna make the playoffs then everything mm-hmm. fell apart mm-hmm. why infighting you had infighting between matt rule and yep. somebody who he didn't respect his opinion enough to go hey maybe you know offense better than i do right i still maintain you're gonna regret that joe brady thing but
1: we'll just have to let that one bear out yep because right now he's unemployed and matt rule still has a job so for now i guess the battle has been won By Matt Rule. Time will tell, though. It could... It could be bad.
0: The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks.
1: All right, time to get just a bit outside, and... I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted because I have... I have actually two stories here. One is... Well, it relates to something very big that happened this week. In the sports world, it's the national championship game. The Georgia Bulldogs vanquishing the Alabama Crimson Tide and, uh, you know, getting that monkey off their back. Uh, Everybody went crazy over Joe Burrow and his cigars. Well, guess what? I think Stetson Bennett, we got, a new, we got a new leader in the clubhouse. Not only did Stetson Bennett whip out the uh, cigar after the national championship win for the Georgia Bulldogs, but also there, is now, uh, there are now pictures circulating of him chugging a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle whiskey. If you're not familiar with what Pappy Van Winkle whiskey is, it is is a whiskey that comes from Kentucky, and it's, uh, you know, a 23-year-old whiskey, a very, very fine drink. I've never tasted it before because... As the uh, imaging for our show tells you, I am cheaper than oxygen, and I would never spend $4,300 on a bottle of whiskey, but Stetson Bennett, like a champ, just taking the whole bottle to the face.
2: That's also probably why he looked uh, a little worse for wear in his media appearances Mm,
1: yesterday. No doubt. $4,300 bottle of Pappy Van Winkle can be seen being chugged by the national championship winning quarterback uh i think he's taking it to a new level i mean that's celebrating in style
2: adam black said the label for pappy van winkle should have andrew luck from the other night on it (laughs) (laughs) i don't disagree
1: (laughs) very good uh, my, my other one that I want to get a, give a quick shout out here for is, uh, a, a, a baseball pitcher's career has come to an end and one of my all time favorite Boston Red Sox players, John Lester, after 16 years in major league baseball, three world series titles, he is officially calling it quits. Who will, I mean, how could you ever forget the John Lester story of the guy has to miss time because he's got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and comes back from cancer and wins a world series with the Boston Red Sox and he's just he's forever going to have a place in Red Sox nation history and uh it it was a great career John Lester happy trails
2: there are certain things that when I see them I'm always going to talk about them if they're betting things Uh you can probably rest assured i'm going to find a way to get them into the content of course another one is ratings Uh i am really big into ratings. yes well the ratings for the nfl season are here what do you think the average average every game put together Mm -hmm. the average viewership on tv and digital platforms was during the 2021 nfl regular season 11 million. You're 6 million too low. What? It was 17.1 million people, on average, watched every NFL game. That's crazy. Is there some overlap there? Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that every NFL Sunday, half the country was invested in the NFL. There's some overlap there. But I did some math. Mm -hmm. Because 48 of the top 50 television programs this year were NFL games. 91 of the top 100, 370 billion minutes were consumed across the season. Oh, and by the way, everybody, oh, I'm not watching
0: the NFL. Just, you know that.
2: That's up 18% from last year. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I did a little math. If there are 331 million people in the country as of the last census. Yes. I know that number's not completely accurate, but it's the most accurate I've got. If you divided the number of minutes consumed of NFL football this year by every person in the United States, every person would have watched six full NFL games. It's 18 hours per person in the country.
1: <laughs> but that's only because there are so many people like you and I who will watch all of it.
2: That's an outlier. I would say we're probably mm-hmm. 10%. Yeah. The the reason we talk so much NFL is because it's the one sport that nobody is absolutely Blind eyed
1: too. Seventeen million average viewers for TV each and, and every NFL game. Yep,
2: that's Mike. Uh, and I also did some math. The average sports fan has watched eighteen hours of Major League Baseball in nine lifetimes. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's that was not a scientific formula. I had, yeah, I had to yeah, get yeah. a little, I had to play a little fast and loose with the numbers there. Yeah, uh-huh. because you know, baseball still <clears throat> keeps theirs in on
1: abacuses. Yeah, abacus, abacai. Were you going there before I, was, I said it? I was. Nice. I was We have been doing this too long. Oh, entirely too long. (laughs) Uh, There are seven open jobs in the NFL, and there are two guys so far who have four interviews either set up or completed with teams. Both of those guys are former head coaches in this league, and there's only one of them that really makes sense on why they have this many interviews, and it's Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning coach, whether you like his philosophy or how he worked in Philadelphia or the infighting that was taking place in the Philadelphia organization at the time and how much of it was Joe judges or not Joe judge uh, Doug Peterson's fault, I don't care. That's a guy that you definitely interview for a job and I I'm actually only shocked that he has four invitations. like there are seven openings he should have seven invitations for interviews. The other one is Dan Quinn, and that is the dumbest thing I think I've heard all day. But among uh, Among all of the candidates. But why is it so st- – I, I can't – you I told just, me this I three I would times not that. look at Dan Quinn and go, yep, I want him as my next head coach, especially if I have a failing franchise already, which all of these are. I mean, the Denver Broncos is the only one that's, you know – half relevant chicago bears jacksonville jaguars and well the miami dolphins i'll give them a little bit of credit as well
2: well the good thing is that we have two coaches here whose careers have taken a pretty similar trajectory mm-hmm. if you had to guess doug uh, dan quinn's coached 85 games in the nfl doug peterson has coached 80 okay so quinn has a five game advantage okay how many wins does dan quinn have in 85 games 54 he's 43 okay. you're horrible at these games i am horrible at these games so he's right at 500 mm-hmm. how many does doug peterson now?
1: let me guess 39 it's 42 it's one less <laughs> it's one less yeah. he
2: has one more playoff win in one more playoff game they're practically the same guy the only difference is one of them won their super bowl and the other one didn't
4: mm-hmm the it other makes one had the sense the me. other
1: one had the ultimate collapse in a Super Bowl, and yeah. that became his hallmark. Of yeah. he how, was also up twenty eight to three on the New England Patriots, so let's yeah. not,
2: yeah, uh, you know, let's not forget that. I know you didn't close it out, but just I, I think it's it's almost laughable to me how it's forgotten that Dan Quinn was a good coach. Dan Quinn was a good coach that had a team that got into financial d- disaster.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now the team did regress. But you could argue that that had more to do with Thomas Dimitrov than it did with him. How many picks did Dimitrov absolutely just shoot into the stars because they didn't pan out? I don't think Dan Quinn's a bad coach at all. And Now, am I going to be very picky about what he brings along with him? Yes, I am. I want you to bring a really good offensive coordinator with you. Right. And you to have absolutely nothing to do with it. You deal with the defense. You can be backwards hack guy. I, I don't care. You be the crazy person. It's fine.
1: Dan Quinn just has he he has so many of the things that I would not be looking for in a in, in a head coach. Such as one I want I want su- I want success. Okay, and name, I don't want that's complete gonna, embarrassment. N- name who that is. It's what a, uh, who are you gonna bring in that, that is that person?
2: Doug Peterson. Uh, you mean the guy who has virtually the same record? Got as a as ring. Him. I got a ring. Uh, a ring that I could directly attribute more to Frank Reich than I could to Doug Peterson. <laughs> but you say he's a bad coach. So no, I think they belong together. I I do. I think those two coaches belong together. Mm -hmm. I don't like either one of you without the other one. Mm -hmm. To me, those two are virtually the exact same guy. They are the same person. It's just one of them's an offensive guy, one of them's a defensive guy. That's it.
1: Uh, That's the second one. It's a defensive coach. I I don't want a head defensive coach. I want a head offensive coach.
2: I would argue straight up right now that Brian Flores is a better coach than either one of them. Okay. I couldn't tell you another coach in this cycle that I feel great about. I've been telling you this for weeks. Mm-hmm. This is a barren market. If you're firing a coach, good luck replacing them with somebody that's a no-doubter. Consensus of, of NFL executives, I think this was an NFL.com poll, mm-hmm. the the coach that's available in this cycle, who do you think NFL execs have the most faith in to be a good NFL head coach? Now, how they quantify that, I don't know. That's just what the headlines say. A
1: good NFL head coach.
2: Matt Eberfloos. Uh, no. He was not in the top five. <laughs> uh, it's Kellen it, Moore.
1: Uh, okay. It's Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore.
2: Who's 35 years or 34 years old, or something like that. Never been a head coach, been a coordinator for two years. I can get down with that. With unbelievable weapons that I could argue that offense has never been as good as it should be.
1: hmm
2: I see a path that I would chase Dan Quinn. If I'm the Denver Broncos, I, I understand why you're interested in Dan Quinn. You have a team that you think is very, very close. Mm-hmm. You're going to micromanage who the coordinator is going to be. You're, this is not going to be. Oh, we're going to bring in somebody's wide receivers coach to give him a chance. No, this is going to be. You bring in a former NFL head coach to be your offensive coordinator, and that guy handles the offense. You handle the defense, and we're fine. You've coached five years in this league. You've been a Super Bowl. You've been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. Mm-hmm. I know what you are. Mm-hmm. And I could argue it was with a little bit brighter front office. I could see Dan Quinn being a fine coach.
1: Well, now my question would be, who would that be? Who would that Who would that guy be that you could bring in as the offensive coordinator?
2: With Dan Quinn? Yeah.
1: Clint Kubiak? I thought you said you wanted a... With
2: Matt Rule. With Matt Rule, oh. I have a problem with Clint Kubiak. Uh, that offense was really good. Mm-hmm. You tell me I can have that high-flying offense, and you never know, I might bring Kirk Cousins with you. Right. I can have that in Minnesota with Dan Quinn running my defense? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, th- I think I'm good. Not telling you I'm going to win a Super Bowl. I'm just telling you I feel better about that than Kellen Moore and whatever he can cobble together as a uh, in terms of a staff.
4: Yeah, mm, okay. that's one of the
2: things that's always been kind of funny to me. You do realize how hard it is to procure some of these ancillary coaches when you're a first time head coach.
1: Because mm-hmm. Kellen Moore's been through two head coaches in Dallas. Well, yeah, because you get that stink on you. Yeah, you get that stink of the mm-hmm. organization on you, and yeah, I can understand why that would why that gets hard. It just it surprises so me. So who
2: is it that you feel so warm and fuzzy about? That's I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around why you're so off-put by this Dan Quinn thing.
1: Oh, what coaches yeah, are out there that I would that, like to right, have? You're
2: making the decision. Take the team out of it. I don't care mm-hmm. who the team is. Who's your first call? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, put holes in whoever it
1: is. I'm sure it is. Uh, first off, I think I would. it would be Bill O'Brien. He would be my first call of I've seen you go to the playoffs four out of five years as a head coach in this league. You'll just see. I, I mean, I get you had problems, and you're not the easiest guy to work with. There's That's the problem. I understand. Is that
2: it's Putting a staff together with Bill O'Brien is going to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. And it better be somebody he knows because he's going – look, Bill O'Brien didn't start with personnel control in Houston. He weaseled his way in, and all of a sudden he's the de facto GM. Right. GMs are going to be nervous with Bill O'Brien. They've watched him do it. Mm-hmm. As a coach, I don't have really any qualms with him. He's just a jerk, as is every other coach that Bill Belichick has ever put out into the into the universe. Right.
1: Talk more about that in the second hour. Um, Jim Caldwell. I've always <laughs> felt like – I get that he's not, you know, win the press conference guy, but I've always felt like Jim Caldwell was a good coach. I don't. And if I've got if I have pieces to my team like in, would I trust him to come in and, you know, be one of the guiding forces to help me rebuild the New York Giants? No. Would I trust him to come in and run the Denver Broncos if I'm gonna go all in for a quarterback in the offseason? Yeah. Yeah, I would give that a strong consideration. Uh Jim Caldwell's been a head coach in this league for seven years. Mm-hmm. How
2: many times did he win more games? In a year than he did the previous year. Oh, I don't know. As once. Okay. He did it one time. Every team he ever coached got worse. I've always laughed at the, oh, he should have been fired in Detroit. Do you really think he would have turned that around? Mm-hmm. And I like the. I mean, he's fine. He's 66 years old, which mm-hmm. makes me incredibly nervous. Mm-hmm. He would immediately be, the.
1: I think, the third oldest coach in the NFL if he was hired right now. Yeah. I mean, those would be the two retreads. That I would go after. Obviously, Doug Peterson would be on my list as well because he's got a ring, and it's just, those don't come—you don't come by those easily. But then I'm uh, then I'm probably going Young Gun. I'm going Byron Lefwich or Nathaniel Who's had Tom Hackett. Brady every or, season he's ever been a good mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett, who has
2: bounced jobs about every other year since he's been in the league, mm-hmm. and he was a disaster as an offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. I understand the talent was not good. I get that. I just said I was going to poke holes in them. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn to me is one of the more known quantities. I know exactly what he is. Right. And if I've got a team that I really believe in the talent, I'm I could do markedly worse than that.
1: Okay. So he's a safe choice.
2: I think Dan, I think Dan Quinn's one of the safest choices. Yes. He's safer to me than Jim Caldwell. Yeah.
1: I just I I will never get over just watching his Atlanta Falcons teams lose those leads and just be embarrassing doing it. And that would go to all right.
2: So when the the majority of those things when they happened, what was on the field? The offense. Mm-hmm. How much role did he have in the offense?
1: Mm-hmm. The defenses weren't great though. They weren't. The great.
2: defenses were not overly talented. Mm-hmm. But it, you do remember he got to a Super Bowl, right? I do. I did, but always, that was because of I'm his offense more that, than anything. Uh, I, you make it sound like they're putting up 50 points a game. They they weren't. You've got some revisionist history of how bad that defense got. Mm-hmm. That defense was terrible. He came in, it was serviceable, and then it just regressed as Thomas Dimitrov kept blowing draft picks. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you have revisionist history with Dan Quinn, okay. and I've always blamed that Super Bowl loss exponentially more on Kyle Shanahan than I did on Dan Quinn. I got news for you: Dan Quinn was not calling passes up twenty-eight to three. Right, that wasn't his
1: role. So the stink of that has stuck to
2: him, and I've always said it was kind of stupid.
1: All right, all right. Uh, so you got some good picks tonight. Last night was, uh, you know, it was a it was a kiss your
2: sister kind of day. Seemed like I could every time I won one, I'd lose one, and then I tie one. hate those nights all i'm losing is the all i'm all i'm doing is losing juice that's it
1: yeah but not tonight not tonight he's gonna turn it around green on green picks of the night coming your way next here on espn asheville here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, the Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer taproom on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com.
5: Hey guys, I'm Ziggy, your local Philly girl, owner of Ziggy's Bakery and Deli. I've created a traditional northern deli with only the most authentic cheesesteaks outside of Philadelphia served with provolone, white American, or cheese whiz. Our other classic deli sandwiches are made with the best quality meats and cheeses available sliced by the pound. Join us for breakfast for house made bagels with our custom cream cheeses. Or for something heartier, try a pork roll, egg, and cheese or house cured lox. Ziggy's Bakery and Deli in the corner of Asheville Commons, 1550 Andersonville Road, open 8 to 3, Tuesday through Saturday.
1: Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today
0: at RogueCombatClub.com The coffee's the closers
5: home. Get them the money! Then when you get the money, you get the power.
0: That watch Mm -hmm. costs more than your car. Then
5: when you get the power, then you get the woman.
2: We got back to the winning ways last night, 2-1-1 one one in the Phoenix Suns. If it wasn't for the stupid mascot for the Raptors, I would have won that one too. Tonight, I got four picks for you. The first one, the Dallas Mavericks are a two and a half point. Favorite, I, I don't like the Knicks, okay? I'm just going to come out and say this. I don't know what's happened to that team. They're not good. Over the last three weeks, the Dallas Mavericks are probably the most underrated team in the NBA. They're only a two and a half point favorite tonight, and to me, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They don't have Kristaps Porzingis, and I'm going to be and I'm going to level you. That's not a negative. This team's defensive rating goes through the roof when Kristaps perzingas is not on the floor. No Derrick Rose tonight for the for the Knicks. I I don't think this game's even going to be vaguely close. Give me the Dallas Mavericks minus the two and a half. The Miami Heat traveled to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are a three-point favorite, and that is stupid because this Atlanta Hawks team is absolutely getting abused by teams that play good defense. There's also something else that Atlanta seems to really struggle with, teams that can shoot threes. Hey, name me the guards for the uh, Miami Heat. Tyler Hero's one of them, and Duncan Robinson's the other. Okay, uh, What do they do real, real good? They shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Real, real good. Mm-hmm. This is not even going to be close. I'm taking the Miami Heat in the money line. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets tonight at full strength take on the Chicago Bulls. In Chicago, they're a two-point dog. This team at full strength can score a lot of points. I think they're going to win. I'm taking the Brooklyn Nets in the money line tonight over Chicago. But the thing I like more, the over is locked in right now at 233 and a half. This is going to be a track meet. Give me the nets and the money line and over 233
0: and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy.
1: And don't forget to take those uh, those little wagers over to betus.com. Betus.com is the website. The promo code is Sportsocracy. And when you use our promo code and make your deposit, you get a 125% deposit match.
2: Which means if you put in 100 US doll hairs, they will give you 125 doll hairs. In credits, free play tokens that you can use to take any of my picks, or you can bet against me, screenshot it, send it to me, at the Flostradamus on Twitter, make fun of me, thank me for helping make you money, or yell at me. I, I, it, it, that's totally up to you. At However you want to
1: interact, that's fine. At the Flostradamus. New year, new Twitter handle. <laughs> we also have a new, uh, well, the end of a season. Oh, we've been talking about season finales. Mm-hmm season finales are, there, are are there good season finales to shows and things like that we've got the topic up on our facebook page you can also uh hit us up in the comments here in the youtube stream just go to the sportsocracy.com hit that subscribe button and uh, you can tell us which ones that you liked uh there are no greater season finales or has never been a greater season finale i don't think than than what we just saw in the nfl see that that is my season finale the Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers. That was the best season finale I think I've ever seen. Maybe that Tampa Bay Rays, I think, Boston Red Sox extra game 164 or whatever it was a few years back. Like That was all oh, the what? drama in the world.
2: Oh, what sport was that?
1: Oh, oh baseball? That's oh, not drama.
2: Anything that takes four hours to come to a uh, conclusion,
1: not drama. <laughs> somebody mentioned in the comment section by the way uh 18 hours of baseball that's not even two full games (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah. hey you watch two games of baseball you're already threatening 18 hours
1: yeah uh give you a uh you know give you give you a a bell ring for that one in the comment section um but no uh, give us your best season finale uh
2: chad Lounder said on our facebook page uh one that's super underrated And I have to piggyback this one on uh, Stephen Tao. He also said this. He said the same show. He also said six other shows that I have combined watch less than four seconds of combined. Okay. The Wire. I I never
1: saw The Wire. Never made it through the first season. I never saw
2: The Shield.
1: The Shield was great, and it was a great finale. I
2: can't. I I can't, okay? I just don't buy that the thing from Fantastic Four is a cop. I, I don't care if he's a dirty cop. I don't care if he's a good cop. I don't care. Okay. He was a big uh, rock guy It's a Fantastic Four. That's uh-huh. what he
4: is. Uh-huh.
2: House. House ended phenomenally. I would also argue that's one of the most underrated shows of my lifetime.
1: It was so good. I've heard it was good.
2: And I'm not going to lie, the first time I actually heard House speak in his normal voice, mm-hmm. I went,
1: oink. Where did that accent come from? That's not
2: how you talk. (laughs)
1: Uh, We are also talking about head coaches in the NFL. Who's going to be the next head coach? Uh, Where are they going to go? That we don't know. We're going to let things play out. There are interviews all over the place. Obviously, the Giants just firing their head coach last night. We don't know who's going to interview for that job, but uh, one of the early reports was that Wink Martindale could be the top candidate for that's that new york hired, giants job that's who they
2: hired you, joe judge over
1: yeah and i will say
2: this as a new york guy hey new york giants phone's on just saying you're gonna hear a lot of
3: no's
1: but how do you identify where do you find good head coaches in the nfl apparently uh coaching trees eh, they, they're they not always good not all coaching trees are equal which ones have the worst fruit though i think we know the answer to this but we're going to talk about it in the next hour here on espn asheville
0: is a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Wicked Weed Brewing.
1: It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Seen everywhere on YouTube. Just go to sportsocracy.com click on that live video link. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can get in the chat with us. The discussion continues of the best TV finales we've ever seen because Jeremy's very very upset. He saw the uh, finale to the reboot of Dexter last night. Dexter: New Blood. Yeah, and, and it was it was not good. He says I, it was okay, awful, it was like, terrible, it ruined the entire series and Dexter is dead to him now.
2: N- no, that's what I said originally. <laughs> and then I have kind of softened my stance, but the question remains What show has ever ended that everybody just universally went, yeah, that was good, and they just went on about their day? Because
1: usually 70% of people are angry. I have seen a lot of people say Seinfeld, and that, first off, that's a show I never got. It was the show about nothing. It it was fine. If you're flipping through the channels and you just happen to stop on it, of course you're going to watch it because Jerry Seinfeld is hilarious. Uh, That show was extremely funny. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, George Costanza, Jason Alexander, he was great. Who can forget Kramer? Uh, it had a great cast of characters, and they are always getting into trouble. But I always thought that the finale of it, because I watched the finale, because it was the big – that was like the last – to me, that was the last moment where it was like live TV. Everybody's got to watch it at once. Everybody, does, you know, everybody like binges things now on their yeah, own I, time.
2: I, I, the,
1: the the I'm mad today is, is a little bit about it's a little <laughs> bit about that. I mean, that's something that that on-demand TV has stolen from us is is our mutual enjoyment at the same time about a uh, uh, sporting or, or, or about a uh, uh, a TV show. That's why I love sporting events so much because we watch that live and we comment together on social media and it's so much fun. But Seinfeld, the end of that to me was dumb. It was like not they, they dumb. all went it to jail? jail? It, what? Not There was dumb. a good Samaritan law.
2: They saw somebody get mugged They didn't do anything about it. You know why? Because they were jerks. Because they're jerks. Because they were jerks. Yeah. And the beauty of the show was at the end of the show, they were all four in a jail cell and they were surrounded by the only people that could tolerate them. Right,
1: right. The Sopranos, that that finale was very, very uh, controversial. There were a whole lot of people that didn't like it. I liked it. I didn't need to see Tony Soprano die. I knew what happened. And didn't need to know, or didn't need to see it. I didn't need, not need that physical proof. We all know what happened. The screen goes dark. Tony Soprano's dead. How is this hard for anybody else to yeah, figure and, out?
2: And sorry, you know, we're not giving spoilers on Dexter because you know you got to have no, four no, no. weeks to binge watch it on Showtime. Right. That was like twelve years ago. Okay, so we're mm-hmm. we're, we're good there. Uh, the Office that that got a lot of love on our uh, on our Facebook
1: oh with the wedding oh yeah Yeah.
2: and michael just shows up to be the best man that's that's fantastic that's great writing
1: but had you already stopped watching the show because the last season was back i never i never stopped watching the show okay i
2: I can't like i can't physically do do it if i start i have to finish i do
1: like the walking dead i love the walking dead for six seasons i think it was and then i just went i don't care anymore
2: I, i i've never watched not one second of that show yeah But every time I hear the title, all I want to do is what I'm getting ready to do. Carl! (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I know about this show is that one of them could not say Carl.
1: Yeah, no.
4: Carl!
1: Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. No, when they, uh, spoiler alert, when they killed Negan, or when they didn't kill Negan, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like see, that's I the one that. thing that I wanted I to see. I can't
2: tap out on a show. Once I'm in It's the reason I watch movies. Because I can't tap out on a movie. Mm-hmm. I can know ten minutes into a movie that this just okay, this is bad.
1: Speaking, it is bad. Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies, I watched the first forty six minutes this morning because, you know, I had a late appointment, didn't have to get up on time, you know, all that kind of stuff. I watched the first forty six minutes of uh, look don't look up. It's pretty funny so far. Yeah,
2: here's the thing. You stopped right at the point where you go, okay, and political agenda activate.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's completely out. obvious that there's a political agenda to it, but so far it's pretty funny. Yeah, but it gets way more over okay. the top. It's
2: awful. It's okay. horrible. Right. The fact it's the most the most watched movie on Netflix just make okay, <laughs> look, just do better. Okay? You, the the viewing public, I need you to do better. Okay? <laughs> stop watching terrible things and then tell me i should watch them and make me waste my time
1: my wife chimed in in the comments she said that the uh, finale to uh sex in the city was phenomenal so it's nice to have a woman's perspective every now and then
2: i i watched that
1: you watched the finale yeah it was you thought just, it was great
2: yeah it was it's the antonio brun story right sorry I, I oh i couldn't not
1: okay oh, no. i couldn't not do that oh, I don't...
2: if you haven't heard the latest on that story do you know what I'm talking about? No. So the we told you the story last week of the OnlyFans girl that he yeah. apparently met in a hotel room. Well, apparently they were at the same charity event. She live-streamed his security team removing her. Nice. Like, oh, that's that's not good. That's uh-huh. not good at all. Uh-huh. Uh, we have one of these. I'm your huckleberry. Yeah. And this is, a, uh, this is an audio-visual. It's from Armchair Commentary.
3: Country road
2: take me home to to the place i belong west virginia Virginia. and now it's in your head and now it's in your head because apparently i did that to him yesterday yeah and that song was in his head all day long (laughs) secret time that song is in
1: my head 24 hours a day yeah well you know what song's in my head And the words are easy to remember. It's just glory, glory to Georgia 800 times. Yeah.
2: I feel like you set me up for that I because did. you told me we have to do the super chat because I didn't see it. And then you knew that when I saw what it was, I'd get real excited and you would in my cornflakes and that's exactly what you just did so thanks for
1: nothing oh is it annoying when i play a fight song for a team that you know might cause you some pain oh i, I you know that's fair I, yeah. i'm not okay that's, thank you I, that's fair thank you very much uh joe judge fired by the new york giants he is the latest bill belichick disciple to get fired as a head coach in the NFL, there are now currently zero Bill Belichick assistants or former assistants that are head coaches in this league. Okay, the first the question I have to ask: We're going to talk about NFL coaching trees here. At what point does a coach get his own tree? Because the that, Belichick is really hard
2: to to right. Bill, manifest. Well, Bill,
1: to, Bill Belichick belongs. To the Bill Parcells coaching tree.
2: And that's where he goes. And then there's the subset off of that.
1: Okay. So Bill Belichick has his own subsidiary tree underneath that.
2: Yeah. And it uh, the the fruit from that tree had not been particularly good. Uh, I think you said awful wrong. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's real bad. when Because the, the best one's B- Bill O'Brien. There's no doubt about that. Yes. He has been the best coach.
1: Yes. Who's two... Number two on that list would have to be. Oh, I think it's. I don't even think it's debatable. Jim Schwartz.
2: No, no, no. It's Eric Mangini and it's not even close.
4: Eric Mangini, and that's okay. how
2: bad it is. Is that Eric Mangini is almost unquestioned the second best Patriots coach. Mm-hmm. He and Josh McDaniels are the only two with playoff wins, if I remember that stat correctly. And Josh McDaniels came with Tim Tebow, so the, I don't count that.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, I'm just curious what his coaching record was. Mangini's, yeah.
2: uh like f- I think his winning record is like four sixty or something like that. He's just under five hundred because he had a couple good years with the Jets, then he had a couple real bad years and a couple bad years with four
1: thirteen. Yeah, he's thirty three and forty seven overall as a head coach in the NFL. Eric Mangini.
2: Uh Matt in our YouTube comments asked which is a more attractive job, the GM job or the head coach job of the New York Giants? GM job. I'm gonna go see
1: none of the above final answer. I'm going GM job. I think the GM job is the is is the one here because the GM job's harder I mean, I'll just can't, go ahead and tell you. Yeah, but I I feel like you don't have as uh you don't have as high of a bar to climb over.
2: Oh, 100% you do. You do? Oh, because they're not comparing. See, again, I laugh virtually anytime you say anything about New York sports because mm-hmm. you're so misinformed from not being a fan. They're not comparing you to Dave Gatelman. They're comparing you to Bill Parcells. I don't care who you are. I don't care who predated you. I don't care who succeeds you. They're comparing you to the only coach in team history that has ever been really good. Mm-hmm. Whether you're the GM or you're the head coach, it doesn't matter they're comp- because they Giants fans have this misnomer in their head and it's never been beaten that the Jets are the little brother. And so anytime the Jets are even competitive with us, we're wrong. Mm-hmm. The Giants can be 10 and 6. If the Jets are 9 and 7, they're upset. And now you're equivalently dumpster fires. There is no bar to climb and to me I would say if the had coach job. And I don't think it's really all that close. Okay. Because the GM you are literally one of your first five decisions is going to be completely what determines your tenure because you have two picks in the top 10 Mm -hmm. Blow one of them see what happens Mm -hmm. you could draft a future hall of famer with one of them if the other one's a bust they'll never let you hear the end of it ever yeah because it was your first decision Mm -hmm. that's the way new york goes
1: well your first decision is going to be getting a coach so
2: well it, and, and that's the thing is that those are kind of kept separate okay yeah you hired joe judge think about it how many times did dave gettleman get hammered for hiring joe judge mm-hmm. no he got he got hammered for giving 72 million dollars to kenny galladay who blows his nose too hard and tears something and just all of the slew of bad personnel decisions uh, it's it's i'm just telling you, it's a different world yeah my hope is that the gm is adrian wilson and the head coach is Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only win. I think if you're the Giants, that's the only win. Okay. Adrian Wilson's a guy that I believe in immensely. I thought you were all about Lewis Riddick getting that job. Well, that's really more of a joke of me making fun of Brian Greasy. But I think Lewis Riddick, if, if Lewis Riddick wants a GM job, he'll have one. But I think he's been offered both of the last two years he's turned them down.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Here'd be my question. Why would you want to leave what you're doing now? You're oh, making no. beautiful money.
4: Yeah to tour
2: around the country call games nobody's i mean mean, the biggest thing he has to worry about is brian greasy saying something stupid which has happened a few times or uh twitter stay off twitter the espn monday night football job best job in the country Mm -hmm. and i would argue that to uh, until i was blue in the face you're paid quite nicely and nobody criticizes you
1: well that's not true i mean not do, that you care about no no you i mean you do get criticized oh in that job, but you're fa- also
2: giants fans 1748 said i was stupid oh uh cool let me put down my my tie to respond to him <laughs> so that's kind of the response i have when people tell me i'm a moron mm-hmm. uh okay i talk about sports for a living i have a beautiful wife and a wonderful life yep don't care I just, I just, keep firing away mm-hmm. i don't care yeah you tell me I don't have the IQ that I don't have the IQ that God gave a goose, and I will look at it and go, "Oh, oh, oh, shoot!" About the most you're going to get out of me. Yeah. It used to really get under my skin, and then I think it was you actually that pointed that out, and I went, "Oh, good point." Mm-hmm. I don't care no.
1: Yeah, Lewis Riddick. I think he needs to. He, he should get a uh, a GM job, but that's also one of those things. Is that I think he's so highly thought of that you don't really need to. You don't need to take a you know. And granted, open GM jobs only happen with bad teams. So, but I think you'd want to take a job that you'd be a little bit better set up for the future.
2: I think Adam Black was asking this to me, but I'm not sure. Okay, uh, would you rather be a GM, or, GM, or a head coach? For me, my dream job's GM. If I could have any job in the world, it would be GM of the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. That's why Mike Mayock's my favorite because you turned what I do into that job.
1: Right. Uh, I'm glad he asked you that that question because I don't have any desire to be either. Oh, I would much I, rather, I would rather be, GM. be uh, Mick Mixon. Can I do that? <laughs> who who happy trails to Mick Mixon? He called his last game as the uh, voice of the Carolina Panthers uh, this season. So. That would that would be mine. I don't I don't have any desire to get into GMs and coaching and all that kind of crap. That's the crap. that's the one thing I'm telling you right
2: now. If a team called and said, "Hey, we have a I I would take a regional scout job. I'd go. Uh, I can do this from the road. And we can zoom
3: it,
1: <laughs> and it doesn't matter what team. Any team no. wants to give Jeremy no. the ability. You know, if the USFL wants to call Jeremy and get him to be no. a road scout for them, nope. he will do I'll- it. You'll only work in the big leagues, Yep, and you'll never work in the big leagues. (laughs) That's how that goes. Like, you got to climb the ladder somewhere, bud. Uh, Nope. No, I don't. No, I don't. uh,
2: uh, Speaking of draft things, my top 13 wide receivers, we'll be putting those out in the web only. uh, Third hour of this here program. And if you look at mine from last year, uh, wasn't bad at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know where Amon St. Brown finished among receivers in in, in PFF grade this year? Seventeenth. Wow. For posterity's sake, he was my number two receiver in this draft class. Yes. So he was ahead of <clears throat> Jamar Chase, but we don't need to talk about that. Okay, we talk about the good, not the bad. We're all about positivity here, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, th-
1: what is wrong with the Bill Belichick coaching tree, though? That is the question.
2: Oh, and, and to me, it's. And maybe it's because I've I've had to deal with Belichick for so long. This is kind of like the old dating adage of the really pretty girl at the end of the bar. She can be a little rude, and people still go, "Hey, you know, you're 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 pretty,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and you look like me." Because and, and I'm you know kind of a jerk, then people just don't like you. I, I don't ring that stupid <laughs> bell okay, that was I wasn't that wasn't open to
4: interpretation. Mm-hmm.
2: That's the problem with Belichick disciples is that they come out the thing they know in the NFL is that no nonsense. We do things the patriot way. That works when you have six Super Bowl rings. You know what it doesn't work when you're seven and nine and missing the playoffs regularly. because then you're just that jerk that keeps telling me how smart you are and nothing is manifesting itself. Charlie Weiss did it. Oh, uh, pencil uh, matt patricia did it mangini did it I, and at the end of the day i don't think any of those guys were particularly good coaches i have never looked at a coach that that was hired because they were on a staff with bill belichick and gone yeah he's brilliant mm-hmm. i like brian flores but it has everything to do with how he handled miami and nothing to do with what he how he was as a defensive coordinator with bill right bill o'brien i think he was a good coach in houston bad personnel guy but every one of them have this same problem. You rankle people. So you put these staffs together, and every year you have a turn. And there's never consistency. That's been the thing for Bill that's worked. If you, Because if you remember, it didn't work in Cleveland. Why didn't it not work in Cleveland? Because he didn't have six rings, and he didn't have Tom Brady. And so when he was a jerk, people just went, hey, he's really annoying. I'm going to go somewhere else now. Yep. Nick Saban going to Dallas. <clears throat> I always laugh when people bring up Saban with, oh, they're such good friends. Yeah, right. they couldn't work together. Right. Lasted a very short period of time
1: together. I just want to know when is the league going to wise up and realize that th- there, there are no good choices coming off of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I mean, Josh McDaniel went somewhere else, and he ended up you know, not doing well in Flopped. Denver. He goes back to New England, and that's where he's going to stay forever. Yeah, because he'll heard... be
2: Bill's replacement. Yeah.
1: But that's the best scenario for him.
2: Well, it's the only scenario. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that nobody's calling Josh McDaniels? Nope. You know why? Because he went to Indianapolis and was like, oh, I'm taking this job. And all of the – Matt Eberflus. Yep. Matt Eberflus is the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts right now because he was hired by Josh McDaniels. He signed his contract before McDaniel's did. He waffled, and Frank Wright got stuck with him. Mm-hmm. It worked. Had it not, holy gracious, that would have been a story.
1: <laughs> but Josh McDaniel's he's the he's the heir apparent in New England, and I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for that day. I
2: can't wait for the day that Bill says, "Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on to Boca Raton," and Josh McDaniel's just comes in and boom right off the mountaintop I, oh, I can't
1: wait. just runs her right into the ground oh I can't um, wait. you know i think a lot of people believe that the bill walsh coaching tree was the best
2: oh it certainly was the, the, bill the only walsh... thing is that he gets credit for guys that i don't think he should because he gets credit for guys that were hired by guys that worked for him mm-hmm. and maybe they worked for him for a year mm-hmm and then all of a sudden they become great coaches. Uh, okay. Like dude, giving John Harbaugh to Bill Walsh is that's a little aggressive. <laughs> that's a little too much. Yeah, well he worked for him for about an hour.
1: All right, we will keep up the uh we we'll keep up the discussion of the coaching trees. And the next segment, we'll also got the uh, weird coming your way. Five on it. Jeremy's going to have more picks for the night. Uh he he lost money again last night nine dollars oh uh, man that's I, just lost blood the, I just
2: lost the juice because <laughs> <laughs> so, i had a winner i had a loser and then i had a push so
1: it's progress from the bloodbath you took on uh on monday night yes
2: it was not an alabama level bloodbath but tonight i got th- i got three picks that i feel real good about and there's one there's another one that's just it's sitting over here in the periphery going should i take that because i think i should
1: take that yeah uh chew on that coming your way in uh in this hour as well here on espn asheville here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously, and since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of 1.6 million dollars with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com.
0: The Sportsocracy. You two are just dumber a bag of hammers.
1: It's ESPN Asheville. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and seen everywhere on YouTube. Don't forget to check us out uh, on YouTube. You can just go to thesportsocracy.com and click on that live video link. Hit the subscribe button. You can get in the chat with us as well. Um, And Kelvin Joyner commented... That he could argue that the Andy Reid coaching tree is better than Bill Belichick's coaching tree. And... I, I could argue the Jeremy Green coaching tree is better oh, than, stop th- than Bill's. Stop that. The Andy Reid coaching tree. Uh, all right, I'm going to throw some names on you here. You got Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl. You got Sean McDermott. Could get, win a get, Super getting Bowl. Getting ready to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jeremy's preseason pick was the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. So, yikes. Um, Ron Rivera. He got to a Super Bowl as well. Um, Steve Spagnuolo. You're Leslie Frazier. What?
2: You're forgetting a very good one. Okay. Uh, Who John am John Harbaugh. The, the best one
1: of all of them yeah i mean i mean i was i was gonna build oh yes yeah, yeah. after i gave you some losers uh you know I mean, steve spagnolo leslie Nagy. frazier matt naggy brad childress and then john harbaugh i mean that takes the cake because bill oh, yeah. don't have anything close to that no on his list but, but the, the mistake but the you that see,
2: teams make is that they see success and they give too much credit to the coordinators okay this is like Matt Nagy. When, when he got hired, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, what exactly has he done that makes you feel so w- warm and fuzzy? Oh, Kansas City's offense was really good. Yeah, because Andy Reid's their head coach. That had
1: absolutely nothing to do with Matt Nagy. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Andy trusts him. Andy trusts this yeah, Andy guy. Yeah, he him in- just enough to never call a play, ever. Andy trusts this guy to have him on his staff. He's a great coach. He knows how to identify great coaches. And we're going we're gonna to give this guy a shot. I, I mean, I think that's how all of this works. People talk about how great the Bill Walsh coaching tree was. And I'm not saying it was, it was anything less than one of the greatest of all time. But what I'm saying is Bill Walsh was so good that he knew how to evaluate talent. And he could see coaching talent. He would bring them on his staffs, and then he would recommend them to other teams as this is a guy who could be a head coach in this league, and that's why you do that, because they see how well he runs his organization, and then he's able to spend guys off to other organizations because he recognizes talent. And people, I, I, I guess people trust Bill, that if Bill brought him in the building, they should be good. But now, after all of the misses that you've had, the league has to turn around and go, you know what? Maybe Bill is not a great Italian, a talent evaluator when it comes to coaches. Here's everything you need to know about Bill, Bill Belichick. Okay, Who calls the defense? He does.
2: Nobody knows. Right? Could be him. Could be Steve. Could be Gerard Mayo. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And teams are lining up to interview Gerard Mayo. And look, he could be a great coach in this league. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. You don't even know what his job title is. That's how mysterious Bill has to be.
1: I thought he was the linebacker's
2: coach. And, and that's the official title, but you don't know who actually does anything. Okay. Because Bill has to do everything with this cloak of secrecy mm-hmm. because everything I do is so brilliant. Or you had the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that could also be possible.
1: He also had his team one step away from winning the division with a rookie quarterback this year. But so. he didn't. But did he. Didn't. he didn't. But he didn't do that, right. did he? But after we've seen Romeo Cornell and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and Brian Flores, and I could go on, but I'm not gonna. Charlie
2: Weiss, Eric Mangini.
1: I think we can all just come to the realization, and I think the league does as a whole, Bill Belichick doesn't turn out great coaches. You have problems with all of these guys everywhere they go. Well, I could argue that of the six
2: best coaches in the NFL today, four of them were never on elite staffs. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay was never on an elite staff, but you could see it. You could see with the way he interacted with people in the because that's at the end of the day that's probably thirty percent of the battle. Mm-hmm. X, out X and Oing people, you're not gonna. Sorry, you're just not. Andy Reid, I would I would argue he's one of the best X's and O's coaches that's ever lived. When he win a Super Bowl, when he got Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. it's weird how that works. Yeah, you know who who thought they would out X's and O's people? Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly had the charisma of a wet dish rag, <laughs> and there's something to that. When you ruffle people that much, you're not going to get the best out of them, and people aren't going to sign up to play for you. And there are guys in this cycle that I look at, and I'll be honest with you, I, Brian Flores is another guy that I, I if I'm the Giants, that's mm-hmm. that's the the great hope to me. It's a New York guy. I've seen him be successful in this league. Does he wrangle people? Yeah, he does. But you get somebody, you, you stabilize the offensive side and don't let him have four offensive coordinators in three
1: years. Right. Uh, speaking of hope, I got a lot of hope. I got a lot of hope that I'm turning things around, that I have turned a new page in my life, and it's all because of Ph.D. weight loss. I had my weigh-in today, and I know everybody wants to know how I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, by the way, not to you know toot my own horn or <coughs> ring my own bell, uh, but I'm down another 2.6 pounds this week. That means in seven weeks, I have lost 24, roughly 24 pounds. On the PhD weight loss system, Dr. Ashley Lucas, she has developed this program uh, because she started out in, uh, in in sports nutrition and has you know developed this program with athletes in mind. She believes that there is an athlete inside of each and every one of us, and that we need to live more mobile. We, do, we need to have great nutrition. And the PhD weight loss program uh, works for me, and I think it can work for you. Twenty four pounds in seven weeks is is a phenomenal achievement. And Jeremy, you're 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 doing stuff too. I'm. Right, I mean, I'm, I'm beating right, you right now in the contest, are. so I, I I feel like I'm doing pretty well. You are. I've
2: lost right at twenty <laughs> pounds, but the biggest thing for me is the convenience. Mm-hmm. That's what got me into the shape that I'm in in the first place. Because fast food and things that are bad for you and are not healthy choices are the most convenient. The beauty of this plan: the food is convenient, the food is good, and the food keeps you on the right path to hit your weight loss goals.
1: Yep, and the uh, confidence of the team that you're going to have success is one thing that's keep keeping me going. Their support is phenomenal, and if you want support like that in a weight loss program and, an, and a program that is convenient and gives you 80% of the food that you're going to need on the program as well, just all included in the little package, you can uh, book your consultation today at myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com.
0: On the weird scale... There's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right. I got
1: to tell this story because when I saw it, I thought it was just absolutely hilarious. Some people may not think this is funny. I, for one, wish to God we had some video evidence of how this all went down, or at least the aftermath of it anywhere. A- anyway, uh, this story comes to us out of South Dakota. Rarely do we have South Dakota stories. Nope, usually the weird news. F- usually Florida. A teacher for the Bonn Home School District was arrested after his mother unknowingly brought a batch of pot brownies to a card game at the local senior center. Uh <laughs> Michael Caranda of Tabor, South Dakota, was arrested on Wednesday of last week for possession of a controlled substance. Court documents say that um, his mom went around to the uh to the to the to the card game over at the senior center, and just so happens there was a pan of brownies in the house that I, I could take these for my little meeting. First off, who does that? Who just sees a random pan of brownies and goes, oh, hey, I bet he made those for me for my card game tonight. No. No, not me. He's pointing at me. I don't understand why you would point at me on that one. I'm not taking anybody's brownies because if somebody took my brownies, that's a tail whipping, getting ready to happen. Uh, Brownies are grossly overrated. So apparently uh, Michael Coranda had gone to Colorado And on his trip back, or while he was making his way back, he had stuffed away a pound of um, THC butter and brought it back with him to South Dakota. Um, He used that to make the pan and brownies, as one would do. He used a pound of butter? Well, no, he used half of it. He used half a pound of butter. (laughs) Who makes brownies that way? (laughs) I mean, if you want them extra fudgy, you're going to put a lot of butter in them extra fudgy yeah real soft and chewy fudge brownies you put more butter in it it makes them gooier it's half a pound of butter it's only twice the normal amount of that you would put in a fudgy in a fudge brownie it's only recipe. it's
2: only twice it's only twice as much remind me not to eat things you cook <laughs> i put uh eight tablespoons of salt in it it only asked for four but i wanted an <laughs> I extra like salt. salty
1: yeah so he puts the half a pound, which is a cup. Normally, it's like a half a cup of butter. Uh, he put he put a, a whole cup of butter of this THC butter in the brownies. Mom saw him laying on the counter. He didn't think anything of it. After he baked them and went to bed, she took him to the senior center. And about eight o'clock that night, they started getting nine one one phone calls of something is wrong with our our residents here at the senior center. Everybody who was at this card game apparently is having some sort of a food poisoning episode. I don't know if there are a whole bunch of people getting sick, which you know, if you've ever had to, you know, too much. If you have ever eaten a whole bag of Funyuns, it will make you sick. <laughs> no, I mean if you've if you've had too much THC, that can have a uh, a nauseating effect on your body, so that could have been part of the problem as well. I just, I just wish we had a video camera there so we could see like the old people just off their rocker of just. Have you seen my teeth? Uh, They're in your head because
2: you don't have false teeth. (laughs) Are you sure? I'm positive. I think I left them in the glass on my on my bedside table. Again, don't have false teeth. Uh, (laughs) Weird things. I
1: must have false teeth because I can't currently feel the ones that I thought I had. That's (laughs) those are conversations that are going to
2: be had why does every anytime you impersonate the elderly why yeah. do they invariably sound like abe vagoda because
1: they lose all a- and of their... doc
2: rivers it's yeah. like a mixture of the two
1: yeah well i mean because that comes from a lifetime of screaming at the world first you'd scream at your children and then you scream at your grandchildren and then you scream at the tv and eventually by the time you're 75 years old that's all you could do is talk like doc rivers don't blame blake don't blame blake it was Michael Caranda who brought the THC brownies to the card game.
2: <laughs> I told you a story in this segment a few weeks ago uh, about New Yorkers rescuing a naked man from inside the, ba- the wall of a bathroom. Well, this story's not from New York, but Maryland said, hold my beer. Maryland fair- firefighters rescued a suspected home intruder over the weekend after the man got stuck inside the chimney. This is from Silver Spring, Maryland. The Montgomery County Fire and Rescue Services said that a resident of the home had heard a rustling coming from outside around three thirty in the in the morning. Okay, I got to stop right there. Mm-hmm. Who hears a rustling outside their house at three thirty in the morning? Do you know what I would hear at three thirty in the morning? Somebody beating on my wall with a hammer. Uh, if somebody let a mountain lion into my house, these are things I might hear. I'm not going to hear a rustling. Every one of these stories starts that way. Like, Who hears leaves blowing outside and goes, uh, it's a, it's the end. Just say you heard somebody outside. It doesn't have to be a rustling. Anyway, they called police. Police responded, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. So the police left. Uh, roughly about an hour later, the resident called back and said, my walls are moaning, and I don't know why that is
1: new so, house time for a new house so
2: they responded again and this time they looked in the chimney and they discovered a a, a gent who had rustled his way down the chimney and unlike santa he didn't make it all the way Aww. down and he got stuck i'm sharing these pictures on my twitter right now at the floaster damas the just okay the pictures of this as somebody that is incredibly claustrophobic were enough for me to tell this story the thought of getting stuck in a position like that first of all don't do crimes if i had some kind of weird predilection to do crimes which i don't but if i did this would keep me from ever doing this because it makes my skin completely crawl Mm -hmm. they had to disassemble the fireplace to get him out which took four hours he was then promptly arrested
1: we we could have done it quicker but we wanted to teach him a lesson
2: but we didn't want to (laughs) exactly there's also a picture where you can see his legs just dangling that's because he's actually suspended by the
1: play stupid games you win stupid prizes and by the way don't do
2: crimes he was rushed to the hospital with serious injuries and then arrested
1: Uh uh-huh uh-huh unfortunately they have to give him that treatment Speaking of treatment, uh, our our chief medical correspondent has weighed in. I'm your huckleberry. He says, medically speaking, uh, this is from Devin, by the way, on the YouTube stream. Medically speaking, using half a pound of THC butter will only cause so much euphoria. However, it will raise your cholesterol dramatically. Don't
2: do butter crimes. Don't do (laughs) butter crimes? There are
1: no such things as butter crimes.
2: 100% they are. No. If you make... Uh, and I'm going to use your word here. Fudgy brownies uh, with half a cup of butter. You did it wrong. Oh, can you imagine how much g- grease is in the bottom of that? Pl- this is where my brain... I don't like brownies, okay? I don't like brownies. What kind of monster doesn't like brownies? They're, they're, they're grossly overrated. All right. No, they're you, not. If you tell me there's a dessert table, I am looking for one dish and one dish only. And that Banana is pudding. the... Ch- Gross. You lost me at banana. Huh. Why does anybody eat that? I will never understand. So Why do good. you eat those things? So good. They're they're disgusting. Mm-mm. Anyway, chocolate chip cookie. That's the only answer. Doughy. If they're burnt, you did it wrong. Doughy. Just
1: boop. Uh huh.
2: And you get the the chocolate chip that just stretches out. Uh huh. Because you are warm
1: there. right out of the oven, just like and the Duncan Hines warm. commercials. I don't
2: care if it's warm. If they're really hot, and I, and I will do them hot with ice cream. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. I have actually nuked a cookie. Like, made it. It wasn't hot enough, so I put it in the microwave and cooked it further okay if Cowboys weird, are if cowboy okay. zach hurst is right and microwaves cause cancer i already have it because i microwave literally everything
1: oh does he believe that microwaves cause he cancer? won't use
2: a zach hurst is who does our draft coverage with us he used to do a fantasy show with us he refuses to use a microwave hmm. because he thinks that they and i don't know if that's true or not if you know it it's is not tr- true if it is true i am already i actually should already be dead
1: yeah this is i microwave is my
2: coffee at least five times a day
1: right my father-in-law doesn't, uh, doesn't believe in using microwaves either. It changes the molecular structure of your food and thereby will give you cancer.
2: I have seen me, okay. after one too many wicked wheat beers, make an uh, a oven pizza in the microwave. That, I don't recommend. Uh huh. That will make you sick. Ask me how I know.
1: <laughs> Who's shocked that Jeremy did something ill-advised while inebriated?
2: Oh, that'd be a fun game. I think that was on How I Met Your Mother. We should play a game of stories I tell. Was I drunk or a child?
1: It's gonna be drunk because you well, don't that, have any good stories from when you were a child. You were raised in a prison, I think.
2: Oh no, that's actually no I, Disney I do,
1: movies and no no imagination, I no have, cartoons. I
2: have plenty of good stories from when I was a child. However, the only problem is that some of my stories would be mm, see both, and that, that's not good. I wasn't yeah. like six. What? Okay. You go to West Virginia. All right you spend five minutes okay those
1: those don't count those that's not childhood stories you're not a child if you're in college in west virginia
2: well look i'm just saying all right there's not like a lot of things to do okay and i don't hunt and i don't really like being outside so okay okay
1: good lord what again what kind of a monster doesn't like brownies brownies are gross
2: fantastic fantastic. and then people cook them too far and there's the crusty on the outside and it's gross if you'll allow me to only eat the middle i'll eat your brownies. We're not taking other than that
1: no longer we're no longer taking dessert advice from you but we will take your advice on what games to 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 wager money on it's time to put five on it (laughs)
2: Last night, excuse me, was one, one, and one. The Phoenix Suns pushed. Illinois somehow didn't cover against Nebraska, which still makes my brain hurt a lot. But we did get a cover with the uh, Texas Longhorns. Tonight I got three, they They're all two of them are college picks, one of them in the NBA. I'll give you my big pick of the night because I already gave it to you in green on green. I got 75 on it, the Miami Heat in the money line at the Atlanta Hawks. That line is flat out wrong. There are two things that Atlanta cannot deal with, teams that can shoot and teams that can stop you. Miami Heat are both, I got 75 on it with the Miami Heat. I got 50 on it with LSU tonight in the money line, who is somehow a dog at Florida. I'm going to keep picking on Florida until Vegas stops baiting me into doing it. I'm not saying they're not good. They're a back-end tournament team. But you keep giving me top 15 teams that go to Florida and are somehow dogs, I'm going to keep taking it. I did it last week with Alabama. I'll do it this week with LSU. I got 50 on it, LSU in the money line. Finally, the Maryland Terrapins. I got 25 on it tonight. They traveled to Northwestern. Look, things went awry with Mark Turgeon. That team's not nearly as good as they were supposed to be. But it's Northwestern. This is an overreaction to the fact that Northwestern beat them at Maryland. Maryland is way more talented. I know Danny Manning's not a particularly good coach. He's good enough to win this. I got 25 on it with the Maryland Terrapins. My bankroll sits at $574.26 off of my starting bankroll of $500 in my journey to turn 500 into
1: $5,000. you are in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. It's time for something to chew on with Caleb Peake. You know, Bryce
6: is a great quarterback. He had a great year. But at the same time, when you play quarterback, players have to play well around you. And we had some guys step up tonight and get some opportunities, and they did some good things. But... You know, I love Kirby, uh, I think Kirby has a lot of respect for us, uh, he did a great job for us for a long time. Uh, if we had to lose a national championship, I'd rather lose one to one of the former assistants who um, sort of did a great job for us and um, has done a great job with his program and his team. This is Chew On That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets, low prices, love the savings. I'm Caleb Peek, and while I'm definitely no Alabama apologist, and it's good to see a nice little Hollywood ending to the college football season just when the world needed it most, that was a classy move by seven-time national champion Nick Saban during his post-game presser, maybe an hour after being denied his eighth national title by Kirby Smart's Georgia Dogs, all the while knowing good and well that not having John the third out there for Bryce Young was the difference in the game. Stay with me here. To me, that's kind of like Coach K walking into the Lehigh locker room to say congrats back in 2012 when C.J. McCollum took over to eliminate Tchaikovsky's 2C Blue Devils. Sure, Monday night's national title game with its cathartic ending for title star of Georgia was one of the great chess matches I've seen for all the chips, but it was much more than just that. Monday night only confirmed on a grand stage the tidal wave of change that's taking over not just college football, but collegiate sports as a whole. Success favors the young, and living legends like Saban and Chichesky are losing the game to the only opponent they'll never beat, time. A few weeks ago on the same show, we talked about how the relationship between 70-year-old Nick Saban and 20-year-old Bryce Young produced the first Heisman quarterback in Alabama's storied history. That's one of the things that makes Saban the most impervious to the theory that he's actually just a mere mortal. Over 15 years of continuous recruiting, through a revolving door of coordinators and assistants, many of whom went on to become head coaches themselves, in the middle of a massive cultural shift where college athletes make money and transfers aren't only condoned but encouraged, Saban found a way to keep the magic alive. One national title in 2003 with LSU, six more between 2009 and 2022 at Bama. So I hate to be that guy here, but I'm basically holding up a handmade cardboard sign that says the end is near. And the numbers back it up. Announced late yesterday was the news that Alabama football, 24 hours removed from its seventh national championship appearance in the last 12 seasons, is losing seven players to the transfer portal, one for each ring on Nick Saban's decorated fingers. Leading the exodus was backup tight end Jaleel Billingsley, who had 35 catches for six touchdowns over two seasons in Tuscaloosa. And he's joined by a mishmash of other minor role players across the spectrum, including, get this, reserve quarterback Paul Tyson, who's the great-grandson of, wait for it, the Bear Bryant. That's right, the living, breathing blood of Paul Bear Bryant intends to transfer away from Alabama. Let's put it this way. If Alabama football were a part of Wall Street... I'd say we're seeing signs of a bear market. With that in mind, look 53.3 yards across the field at Kirby Smart's program, who announced only two transfers in the immediate wake of the dog's first natty in 41 seasons, a minor impact DB, and a rarely targeted wide receiver. And watching the Georgia sideline work on Monday night, it's never been clearer to me why UGA is winning the war of desertion. There was energy percolating from the top down and not the brooding frustration that's common with Saban and Associates. It was the right kind of energy from Kirby Smart, who's never doubted that he's the man for the job, knew that he put together a dominant team in the most dominant conference in America and translated that confidence into a sparkling performance against the man who taught him how to coach. Not only does Kirby Smart bleed Georgia red, he physically bled for Georgia between the hedges in the late 90s. He was undrafted out of college and was cut by the Colts practice squad before ever seeing any real action. So college football is what Kirby Smart knows. And at 46 years old, he's got enough experience to command an SEC program to a national title, yet he's still young enough to close that generation gap that's proven to be impossible for some of the elder statesmen. He's been known to pump iron in the gym with visiting recruits. In practice, he's tough on failure but open to adaptation. Unlike a bad practice in Tuscaloosa, during which some writers have compared Nick Saban's coaching style to the quote-unquote voice of God. On Saturdays, Smart isn't a scowling gargoyle on the sideline. He's overflowing with emotion, sprinting, jumping, screaming, and somehow composing himself just in time for a televised interview. That's attractive to a new generation of players who, to be honest, don't care quite so much about history and precedent and the way things used to be. Today's recruits grew up in a world where long-standing records fell at an alarming rate due to advancements in training and medicine. So unprecedented greatness is, as it should be, the standard to shoot for. And if you are an aging head coach who's stuck doing things your own way, mark my words, your time is up. Today's game belongs to the likes of Smart, Riley, Beamer, Day, Harbaugh, Sanders. And by the time the CFP expands to a workable field in the near future, it'll be Nick Saban Field at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And it'll be somebody like, say, Debo Swinney in control of the Crimson Tide. Chew on that. I'm Caleb Peake. Sometimes it's the little victories that mean the most. At Ingles,
0: we know there's no one you'd rather share those miniature, memorable moments with than family. Ingalls, all the ingredients for family.
5: This week at Ingalls, select sizes and varieties, cheese at crackers, two for $6. Select sizes and varieties, Dunkin' Bag or K-Cup coffee, $4.98 each. And select sizes and varieties, General Mills cereal, two for $5. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. Real estate isn't about properties, it's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina.
1: All right, just a couple of moments left in the program here on ESPN Asheville. We'll be doing the uncensored third hour on YouTube. So you want more sportsocracy, which we all know that's what you're clamoring for. We give it to you each and every afternoon with the uncensored third hour on YouTube exclusively. Immediately following this show, we'll be doing Jeremy's top 13 wide receivers for the 2022 NFL Draft as we get ready for the Big Shoe coming up in Las Vegas this year. Uh, big news out of the NFL today. Uh, one of my all-time favorites is coming back. 37-year-old Eric Weddle is going to come back and uh, help out the Los Angeles Rams play, sa- play in safety. I always enjoyed him on the field is he one of your favorites
2: i mean i like eric Weddle. it's it's interesting to me that that's where you decided to turn i mean it's not a bad signing he's a six-time pro bowler two-time all pro right it's an it's an addition to that defense Mm -hmm. I, i cannot wait to see what kind of shape he's
1: in. yeah how much how much do you have left at 37 years old Are you going to be able to, uh, you know, to to be a difference maker for the Rams in the playoffs is a big question. But, hey, you know, when I get to my advanced age that I am now and I see a guy almost my same age decide to make a comeback, I'm going to root for him. I'm going to root for him. You know, I mean, there are some. There's some caveats to that. Like, I think I've had enough of Adrian Peterson.
2: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) we can call that good.
1: (laughs) All right, stick around for the Uncensored Third Hour on the YouTube stream. Just go to thesportsocracy.com, click on that live video link. We'll see you back here at 3 tomorrow afternoon.